Welcome. You are listening to the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. Welcome to the Better Together podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Rosario Picardo. And I'm Callie Picardo. We're so glad that you're joining us today. And we are talking about an exciting topic that's actually rather disappointing, Roz. Yes, it's how do you deal with disappointment? Because disappointment happens to anyone. It happens to everyone at some point or another in your life. People will disappoint you. Circumstances will disappoint you. Work employees, employer, whatever it may be, you'll be disappointed. So how do we handle that? And we know that there are certain severities of disappointment, but it might be better at first here in our discussion and time together to define what a disappointment is. So we went to the dictionary and the dictionary said, disappointment is sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. So again, this can vary. It might be a small disappointment where you'd really hope something was going to work out. You'd you'd hope for a sunny day and it ended up raining and you had to change your plans. Or, But it could be something major too where it's the loss of hopes and dreams for your future. So disappointments range in scale, um, but there's some tools that can help through it. And I'll be honest, I it's a lot easier for me to look back on past disappointments and see how they worked out and how God ended up taking me in a different direction that in some ways was even better than my own plan. But in the moment, it's really hard when you had your hopes and dreams set on something and all of a sudden those are gone. An example really for me and Mosaic Church in this recent year was when we lost our space in the mall. We were leasing a space, a former department store with 75,000 square feet. We had signed a one-year lease and we had generous donors to step up and begin to give toward, you know, just the furnishings because as a new church that was mobile, set up and tear down. We didn't have to have things like chairs and screens and everything else because we were in a movie theater. And it was just a one-year lease, but we thought no one is really craving mall space right now. We're safe for a while. And lo and behold, they decided, a company decided to, they were going to invest in the space some $10 million to make it into an office complex. So we, when we received that news, um, it was like a punch in the gut. I mean, it took the wind right out of me and out of everyone else. We were disappointed. We weren't sure what God was up to. And I felt embarrassed as a leader because I was helping to lead this movement. And I thought, well, did I mishear what was happening? Did I misstep and not follow God? Did I, you know, trip up somehow and caused us this harm? And so all these thoughts were just kind of going around in my head. And of course, I had to deal with that. 
and I can unpack that here later. Well, and our kids were disappointed because our four-year-old Lily had been praying that God would give Mosaic Church a building. And in this season, God ended up giving Mosaic not one, but two buildings. So she was so excited. But when she heard that we were losing one of her buildings, Lily was not happy. So she started praying for God to give Mosaic more buildings again. So we began to pray and we saw God's hand move in a mighty way with an adoption of a a church, another church that wanted to join us. And we ended up having a building now that is rent-free, mortgage-free, and we're debt-free and so much better off than in rented space. But there were some lessons along the way that really I had to follow. But I'm just curious, what disappointments have you faced, Callie? I was thinking back on some of these and honestly, some that were really pivotal in my life, but were devastating at the time were ones that related to what I thought was going to be my career path. Um, One of the early on ones was when I was in high school and as a junior in high school, I applied to this summer job that was going to be so cool. I wanted to be a middle school math teacher when I grew up. I loved math. I loved teaching. I thought this will be great. And so as a junior going into my senior year of high school, I applied for a summer internship type job with a summer school program for middle schoolers. And I was going to actually maybe get the opportunity to teach middle school math. Well, honestly, in hindsight, I think they were right not to hire me. Here I was, this this little girl with a big smile and um, all the idealism in the world who was going to try to come in. And I realized later on, y'all, I am not good at classroom management. I might love to teach, but I love to teach people who want to learn and trying to convince people that they need to sit still so that they can learn was not my cup of tea, but that was my plan for the future. And as I was starting to look at colleges, I was looking at schools that were specifically had programs for education. And here I didn't get this opportunity that I thought was going to be the direction that God had for me. Turns out later, I realized teaching was not my direction. I still love to teach, but went into finance instead, using my math skills in a different way. But then in finance, I was thinking years later, you know, my first job out of college, I was working in investment banking. So I started working on a professional designation. The CFA designation stands for Chartered Financial Analyst. And it is a various rigorous three-part series of tests and you have to pass each level before you can move on to the next. And most people that go through on a normal schedule go through in three years if they pass them all in which case if they don't it delays it a year. I for some reason thought I could do it in two years which was ridiculous if I think about it looking back now and I wasn't giving up my entire life to study. I was just trying to figure it squeezing it in here and there and I passed the first level but then I sat for the second level and did not pass that second level. But around that time, God was redirecting my career anyway. Um, the financial markets had also all collapsed. This was around 07, 08. It was summer of 08. I ended up moving back to Kentucky, um, which was my hometown from where I'd been working in Memphis and ended up switching into charitable giving, which I love. But if I passed that second test, I think I would have kept you know, feeling like, okay, I've got one more level to go. I need to keep going in investment banking. And God was using it to redirect. But at the time, oh my goodness, what a blow to the ego. So dealing with disappointment is something that really you're not taught to learn about in school or even 
in my case, seminary, but it's, there's healthy ways of processing disappointment in unhealthy ways. So, you know, the first thing I think is crucial in dealing with disappointment is being honest about the way you're feeling. A lot of people want to mask their feelings. They want to deny their feelings. They want to deny the disappointment um, or they just want to, uh, you know, run under a rock and hide. And that's okay too, but you can't ignore your feelings. So it's important to name exactly what you're feeling. And it's so crucial to do that. So when we lost our mall space, I was disappointed. I was hurting. Um, some swear words may have come out. Uh, you know, I had to name what I was feeling and I wasn't in a rush to get past those. Oftentimes we're in a rush, uh, whether we're disappointed, we're grieving just to get over it. And we have to just at times go through it. And I'd say disappointment and grief are honestly very closely linked. That's why I looked up the definition earlier because I was like, what's the difference? And often when you have a major disappointment, it does lead you into a grieving process. So those feelings of denial, those feelings of bargaining, those feelings of anger and sadness are normal with the disappointment. Um, so take a moment to reflect on those. What does it mean? What does that, that loss mean? And not just, oh, that means that I didn't get that opportunity. Um, but for me, that meant, oh, I have to make this decision. Do I keep going with this chartered financial analyst designation? Is it, or is it a time for going a different direction? I mean, I could have just gone back and be like, I'm going to dig in. I started this. I'm going to finish it no matter what. And sometimes, that is the path. Sometimes it is God saying, I want you to try again. Other times as you sit and reflect, you realize, I think there's a different response this time. And it might not be a, I'm trying again, or I'm giving up. There might be even a different direction in there. But as you sit and reflect and pause rather than rushing forward and rushing through, often God will bring up, um, deeper things, what's beneath those emotions. Why was this such a big deal? I often ask my emotions, those questions. Why am I so upset about this? Why am I so angry? Why am I so sad? Like, why was this so close to me? Like, is it tied to my ego? Is it tied to my identity? Is it tied in where I thought my future was going? And as you dig deeper, it often can uncover some other things that are really good to process with God. But um, sometimes it's hard to do that alone. Another, you know, thing to consider too is uh, you taking time for yourself. So, man, you're honest about your feelings. You're taking a moment. You're sitting. You're reflecting it. Take some time for yourself. Whether it is going outside and enjoying nature, going on a walk, uh, keeping in your routines, whether it's exercise, eating healthy, whatever it may be. But don't be afraid to take time for yourself. Whether it's watching a movie, hanging out with friends, it's so important when you're in that season or that instance of disappointment that after you reflect, you try to do something that is going to, you know, break up the monotony of just being depressed. And so we have young kids. So I know some other folks also are taking care of kids, taking care of loved ones. And that can be hard to take time for yourself. Often there's that pressure we put on ourselves. Like I can't take time for myself. Everyone needs me. 
Um, but I love what the stewardesses say on the airlines. Put your own oxygen mask on first before assisting others. It is so important to take care of yourself. It is not selfish. It's actually, if you're doing it in a healthy way, it is helping you be in a better spot so you can care for those around you. You know, after you take that time for yourself, something that you could be doing ongoing is then sharing about the way you feel. Um, you name it for yourself, you name it before God, but there's something about talking with friends and mentors and counselors and spiritual directors that can bring healing and helping you deal with the disappointment. Because chances are some of those people in your circle or outer circle have possibly dealt with the same instance or issue. Um, I'm surprised, you know, when I dealt with the disappointment of my divorce, how I've been able to walk with others who have gone through that because God uses our pain and our brokenness to bring healing to others. And so take the time and talk with those folks, those trusted folks. And often, especially if you're having trouble processing your emotions and reflecting on your own, having a safe person um, outside of you, especially if it's a trained counselor, or spiritual director who can really ask you those questions to help you go deeper um, to help you notice and provide some observations of what they see and reflect back to you what they hear you saying can really help in that processing. So when we go through disappointments, especially if we end up finding ourselves in a season of depression, as a result, the tendency can be to isolate. Um, and again, it's okay to take some time for yourself, but when you find your isolating, you're not finding joy in anything, you really are getting into a space of depression. That is not the end goal. I mean, obviously we want to be back in community. We want to be back in a better spot. And sometimes we think, well, no one's going to be around me right now, but that is the time when you need the body of Christ the most. So don't isolate. Who are those people you can reach out to, to help you as you're walking through this? And lastly, I would say it's time to pick yourself back up. So you can allow something to kick your butt, and I think that's healthy and normal, but don't stay down. You got to get back up. And so it's trying again, whatever it may be, or pursuing something new or different, or just saying, God, I'm going to trust you. I, I don't have it all figured out. I don't know my next steps, but I know I'm not going to give up. And so it's placing our trust and our daily dependence on God, just as we pray the Lord's Prayer, God give us this day our daily bread. And so we trust that God is enough for that day. Or as they say in recovery, it's one day at a time. And so we put our trust one day at a time, whatever the circumstances are, whatever the outcomes are, we know that our response is going to be trust. So you never told them the end of the story with losing the ball space. Some people know it, but you should share it. Well, we ended up adopting a church that wanted to join us, St. Andrew. And as I shared, we ended up moving in and having a facility, rent-free, utility-free, all the while seeing a congregate, two congregations coming together and really seeing a lot of renewal and revitalization and so many great things that are happening as people's lives are being transformed. But we would have never been able to experience that if we didn't have the disappointment of losing that mall space. And that mall space was a gift. It was a gift for that year to have space to social distance. 
Um, the new space with the church we adopted wasn't going to be ready immediately yet either. And so to have that mall space for that year was such a gift. And so much of the furnishings and everything that we're invested in were all ready when it was time to move into the new space. So the disappointment's not wasted. Um, even the experience gained is not wasted. And God often has a plan of using um, something in a season that's not for you in the next season. And that is hard. But um, when we trust God, when we walk with God, he's walking with us through those disappointments and he is guiding us into that future. So we ask that you just share this podcast with someone that may need some encouragement today that comes to mind, someone that's going through disappointment or dealing with, you know, adversity and give us a rating, share it on your social medias. And we are thankful for your support. And we're praying for you today too. God bless you guys.